Welcome back to another episode of the Rankable Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Sussman of iPoll Rank, and I'm so excited. You know, the the buildings have fallen, the dust is kind of settling, and well, Universal Analytics went away, and kind of went away. We, I mean, it was it was stopped kind of weirdly. Anyway, GA4 is here, and that's what we're talking about today. I'm joined by, well, she's got a course all about the GA4 ins and outs. I, I'm sure she's probably even sick of talking about it at this point because it's it's so important and yet so many people are confused by it. Bree Anderson, she's the owner of Beast Analytics. She's an analytical nerd with a soft spot for strategy. Spent the last 10 years helping businesses of all sizes execute data-driven strategies to increase our ROI. And today she runs Beast Analytics, which is a digital marketing analytics consultancy. And she's all over the place. Follow her on Twitter. She's a great follower. Great follow. New mom. She's written on Moz and Search Engine Journal. Journal. Bree, yeah, what's up? Thanks for joining me. Dude. Stoked to be here. I uh, I love that setting. Maybe I should start. Uh, I wish maybe I'll use like AI to create some sort of intro for me. That's just like buildings crumbling, dust settling, and then I emerge and I'm like GA4 is here. <laughs> um, and Universal, yeah, kind of gone. They I didn't realize they they never made it like apparent that this was literally gonna be them. Like I just picture somebody like delete delete like you know when you have to go delete things and it asks you like seven times i just picture like just a row of people in an office just like hitting like delete do you really want to delete yes are you sure you want to delete yes and they have to do that for every single property um because that's kind of how they're making it sound like the the cutoff is going at this point it's so weird in cohorts and and it's and it's important product and they've given us a heads up for over a year that this was happening and, and I remember talking to Chris decided and people would be like they're they gotta delay it there are so many issues they gotta delay it she's like no they're not delaying it you're like no they're not delaying it and we're all like well maybe they'll delay it and you're all like no, they're not going to delay it and yet obviously the actual sun setting is kind of weird but it is. It, it does feel post-apocalyptic. We, you know, we've had Universal Analytics for so long, and GA four is different. And a lot of people who, you know, either did their like auto migration setup, which was a disaster in its own right, um, are yeah, dealing with bad. the fallout the implementation. Well, first with the with the auto migration, have you spoken to anyone? Like, is anyone like really screwed right now because of that? Oh yeah, I mean, I've I've talked to a lot of people, um, specifically a lot of people that had views, right? So like, let's say you had like, for a long time we had this idea that like the you had to have at least three views. You had your master view, which was like how you actually wanted to look at data. You had a filtered view, and then you had your raw data view, and um, that was really common. But then people continued to make views, right? So it was like, well, this is going to be our. It, it's still under this property, but this view is going to be like just app views, and this is going to be just this whatever. And then I get people that are like, why am I seeing so much more data in this? Like this is not right for sure. And it's like, well, it's kind of like a roll-up property, right? So like views are no more. We we don't have that. You have properties and that's it. And if you had all these things, now they're all in there. Um, so that that's like probably one of the first things that people tend to notice. And then also like <clears throat> allowing auto migration to move forward without understanding the new data structure in GA4, which does not use the action category label it just makes things look funny. It's weird. Uh, 
you know, people transferring events that like they didn't even know that they had still. I mean, look, analytics products are are known for being passed from, from person to person, just like anything with marketing. You hire an agency, you fire an agency, you get a consultant, you, you then build a team in-house and then they say, oh, well, this doesn't belong to marketing. It belongs to IT. And so everybody's there. There were all these things that were touched that over the last 10 years, we forgot were touched or how they were set up. And then all of a sudden you have this, this new platform and you think that like, oh, this is how it's set up, but it's actually not. And now your numbers are weird um, because we weren't auditing our things the way that we should have because we were able to get away with that. Um, and now it's just become very apparent. So uh, a lot of weirdness going on, especially with those auto migrations. People just turned it on, assuming that they were going to get the exact same thing that they saw in Universal without reading kind of the fine print and understanding exactly what Google was going to be doing with those migrations. Like, so to that point, it's almost like as an organization, you need to get a bunch of heads in a room to replan, rethink out how you're measuring your digital presence and your website. You need to think about what you're trying to track and think it through the framework and the view of GA4. How do you recommend people start that process if they've already real like if at their point you're 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 just discussing and they realize we need to like replan and redo this yeah absolutely i mean so what people tend to forget is like ga4 actually rolled out in october of 2020 like it, it's almost three years old at this point like it, it's been around for a minute um so what's unfortunately happened too is you know people just like clicked the yeah turn on ga4 and they didn't look at it for years so now they have all this data and like it can be valuable um but also sometimes it's just not and they're just now realizing you know almost three years later like shit i thought i had this set up and now i'm looking at this and realizing it's not doing what I needed it to do. Anyways, yes, GA4. So it, two of people, I mean, now are probably starting to realize this too, that maybe they didn't beforehand is that GA4 started from zero, like literally zero. You had zero user, zero session, no historical data at all. You couldn't bring UA data over. Um, and so it, it was a forced clean slate, which again, anything that's forced, people hate it. They don't want to do it. Um, but what it, it gives us the ability to do is, like you said, like, let's sit down and really think about this. Why do we have a website? What were we expecting people to do on this site? How are they using it? What functionalities have we built in? And do like, what things do we need to measure? So I, I like to think of it as like a top down approach, right? Like we have our overall organizational goals, right? This site is here to gather leads. This site is here to make money. Great. Two things that are conversions, which by the way, in GA4, you want to mark things as conversions because if you don't, it limits the functionality you have in the platform. So that's just that side rant. But other than just your organizational goals, like as a marketing team, you know, even, okay, okay, yeah. As a marketing team, we're being held accountable for certain metrics, right? Mm -hmm. Within the marketing team, we have our SEO teams, right? they're being held accountable for specific metrics and paid is being held accountable for certain metrics and socials being right. So 
You also need to make sure all of those things are being collected and collected correctly. And then, you know, also like the, the, the functionality of the website, right? So even at a deeper level, like we are, you know, maybe we need to test pop-ups or whatever. Like, is that being tracked? Is there a plan for it correctly? And then almost more importantly, other than like, right, we have all of our events document it, please, 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 please write down. These are the things that we're tracking. This is how we're tracking them. This is why we're tracking them. And that document should be a living, breathing document that we're constantly putting life into because our needs are changing constantly. And people are always going in and touching and, and doing whatever. But as you know, as I know, as anyone who's ever worked with the Google Analytics property knows, it gets handed off from person to person. And, and if we have a living, breathing documentation, it's going to make it so much easier. So I think it's kind of twofold. Yeah. Look at our events. What do we need to track? Is it tracking? Is it tracking correctly? And then let's document this so that everybody that comes in here understands what's going on. The, do the documentation is so critical. I remember even in universal analytics, annotations weren't always the easiest thing to do. Like that was, you know, we talk about the issues with GA4. It's not like UA really had annotations set up anyway. But so I'll ask you, because you mentioned SEO teams. So you are an SEO and you're accountable for your measures to your point. How do you start to look at this and advocate for your team to make sure that you're getting what you need to get? Like, how are you having that conversation with marketing, analytics, the exec team in terms of like getting your cohorts, getting your audiences, segmenting out organic traffic and showing how that kind of contributes, obviously the whole, the A word attribution and, and how GA4 has messed all that up. How are you thinking about that from an SEO perspective specifically? Yeah, I think there there are some cool things that that we're able to do in GA4 um and you and you mentioned some of them, right? Like obviously creating audiences, that's a big one. An organic audience is super easy to set up. Um but also, you know, we're able to create so GA4 the navigations in the reporting section, right? So you have a primary navigation that's like home, reports, explore, and advertising. And then inside the reporting section, you have kind of this secondary navigation, which for most users right now is a life, has like life cycle and then some, they're called topics and then uh, user, and then there's topics under that. That's completely customizable, right? So you can actually go in and change that. You can add things to it. You can get rid of things. Um, so at the bottom, at the very bottom of that secondary navigation, there's something called the library. And that is where collections, which are what make up your navigation, live. So that life cycle navig or that life cycle collection and that user collection live in there. Well, when you connect Search Console, they create another collection, but they don't publish it. So you could go in there and you can publish it, or you could just take those reports and put them into a different collection. But what's really nice is you could create, in theory, organic reports. So take all of the same reports, right, that, that you use in acquisition and just put an organic filter on them that always stays on them. You could create a collection of organic reports. You could create a, a collection of reports that um, are, are going to show the, the success, the overall performance of 
your SEO efforts um, so that anybody that that goes into the platform can see that and can gather those insights really quickly. And it's not something that you have to go in and take a bunch of extra steps to see. Uh, it's a bunch of extra steps to set up, but but then once it's set up, you know, it's like eating the frog, do the hard thing, and then everything else is going to be easier. So you just set up the reports and then from there on out, it's going to be easier to uh, to get to. And and to that point, it's almost like as an SEO, you have an understanding of what is important to you. Because obviously there's there's the one aspect of reporting, but there's the other aspect of using the analytics to surface insights to inform, you know, your roadmap. So what what's your what's your like kind of pitch to SEOs if if they are, you know, their organization is using GA4 to like learn the tool so they can actually build their own reports and not just what's expected of them for their own KPIs. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, the first thing to do is like, if you go into that library section and you click on, there's like at the top, it says collections at the bottom, it says reports, and you can create your own report from there, create your own detail report, just open up the, all the dimensions and go through that list of dimensions and then open up the metrics and go through that list of metrics. You'll see that there is there is ample opportunity to find something, anything uh, to, to understand, you know, how is content performing? How are people interacting with our content? What pages are leading to people doing X, Y, and Z? Um, how, you know, specific queries, how does that lead to, are people adding to cart from like, coming from this query, all these different things, you'll start to see that there is actually a lot of functionality. And as an SEO, it's nice to be able to actually come in and create the reports that you need and want, as opposed to just being say, just being told like, these are the reports you get to choose from, make them work. Uh, you, There is a bunch of um, opportunity there. So I think the biggest thing really is just going in and looking at the dimensions and metrics uh, and, and playing around with then I will say one of the most frustrating things about GA4 is the fact that the data structure is so different um, because a lot of, you know, you're offered all these dimensions and metrics, but not all of them can play together. So understanding the data structure in that sense is going to be really important. That's probably going to be one of the big, biggest roadblocks for people, unfortunately. Um but yeah, go, I mean, just like anything that you're trying to learn, right? Go play. That's the biggest thing. Go play, be messy, have fun with it. Scream at it a little bit. You're probably going to, that's fine. Well, I th play. that's the thing is like, you you know, there is that, the, the curse of knowledge, right? We were talking about before is like, for those of us who have used UA in the past, like all of a sudden having to learn what's different is very tricky and frustrating and you have to change your mindset. Can you explain kind of what the fundamental differences are that SEOs should pay attention to? Yeah, so um, GA4 has, okay, so Universal Analytics was um, like session, built on this idea of sessions, right? So you had like page view hits, you had social hits, you had e-commerce hits, there were all these different types of hits, like five of them, I think. And then Universal Analytics kind of like melded them all together and they said, and here are your reports, beautiful. GA4 is event-based. Um, specifically, you have a user and then you have a session and then you have an event. So an event is like the most granular, beautiful thing you can get. And they are tied back to 
right? You go up a level, so they're tied back to sessions, and then you go up two levels and they're tied back to users. So what we see in GA4 is uh, you see first user source medium or source, right? So the, the first place that we ever got a touch point from these people, our, our customers, that's the first user source. Then you have session source, which is, okay, but this specific session, they completed X, Y, and Z, right? Uh, and then you even have at the conversion level, uh, just source. <laughs> so that's something that's really hard for people to wrap their minds around. I'm actually like trying to work on a piece of content to add into my course that kind of explains it a little bit better. Uh, there is documentation. There's GA4 uh, documentation around it. And Charles Farina just did a, a thread on it where, I mean, yeah, people are still like commenting. I had to, well, I had to read this six times to understand what, how this works. And, but once you get it, I mean, it's kind of like first touch versus last touch, but built into the platform. Um, so I think that that's going to be the hardest thing for people to kind of really get used to. Well, that, and they got rid of bounce rate and then they put it back. Everything's based on this idea of an engaged session, which, you know, people were frustrated with, but anytime Google wants to tell me what they consider to be an engaged session, I'm going to take it. Uh, so they, they did tell us it's two or more page views, 10 or more seconds on, uh, the site or a session with a conversion event is considered an engaged session. So. That's something for us to kind of like hold close to our heart and go, hmm, okay, how do we make this happen for Google? Well, that that's the thing is like, obviously we're playing in their sandbox and Google as an ecosystem is tied to so many things. Like Google Search Console is probably the most important tool of an SEO who's working on organic search for Google. You, you know, there have been a lot of criticisms with GA4 in general, and it's improved, you know, two steps forward, one step back sort of thing. But would you advocate, like, how do you think people, do you think it's for everybody? Or do you, are you starting to look at other platforms out there? You know, maybe it's a paid platform or, or some of the other like solutions coming out there. Like, how are you thinking about it in the, the analytics marketplace? Yeah. So for me personally, um, you know, I, I think that analytics should be empowering and I think that they should be accessible to everyone um, because one, you need to feel empowered to make your own decisions. I, I think this is true in any part of life. You should always be empowered to make your own decisions. Um, and in order to do that, you have to have the information Uh GA4 is a free tool. So whether it works the way we want it to or not, it is free and it's extremely powerful once you figure out how to use it. Um, and it's accessible to everyone. So those are kind of my two pillars. Like it needs to be educational or like empowering and right. And it also needs to be accessible. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, GA4 is what fits that box right now. It's accessible to everyone. Anyone can afford free um, and it's empowering because it does have the data. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. It might be harder to get to, like you said, I think a lot of that though comes from the power of knowledge uh, that, you know, there's a reason they say ignorance is bliss. People that are just now learning analytics, they don't know any different. So GA4 isn't going to be that bad of a product. Our problem is we had 10 years to get 
used to a product, which by the way, everyone hated until GA4 came out. Um, they would tell you that they hated universal analytics because they couldn't find what they need or they didn't have what they need. And then GA4 came out and we were like, wait, 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 no, we know this product. We do like it maybe a little bit. Um, but you know, now we have to learn something, which, you know, analytics has always been like the unfortunate necessity for marketers. Uh, like as an SEO, we want to focus on ranking things in Google. We want to focus on slowing down or like speeding up our site speed. We want to focus on, you know, getting users to the right thing. We don't want to focus on learning a new analytics platform. We don't want to focus on, right? But it's everything cyclical. Now is just the time where we have to learn it again. Universal analytics, there were people that learned urgent analytics that then had to learn GA classic. And then once universal came out, we had to learn that 10 years ago, right? So it's the unfortunate cycle of, um, you know, innovation at this point. Oh yeah. And we're, and we're always adapting. I think to myself, it's just like only a matter of time as we start to see more and more third-party cookies removed and losing tracking capabilities, like that's going to add another like wrench in the gears. Since we're talking analytics and it's not specifically GA4, but it is kind of related. I touched on attribution. I know in the world of SEO, it depends with business sizes. It depends with industries. It depends, but what's your personal philosophy on 2023 attribution, how would you approach it? Or at least how do you recommend businesses think about it in the context of GA4, for instance? Uh, the reality of it is that that marketing is a puzzle and every strategy, every tactic is a piece. And if you take out one puzzle piece, puzzle's not complete. We don't get to finish the puzzle. So I've always more so than saying, oh, well, Google was, or, you know, organic Google was the last touch point. That's the one that wins. Or Google was the first touch point. That's the one that wins. That, like, if there were other pieces in that puzzle, they still deserve some, you know, some. So I, I've always been a fan of uh, multi channel attribution. Uh, I, I think it's extremely important to understand how people actually interact with your entire online presence, not just your website, right? So how are they interacting with you on social? How are they interacting with you in uh, email or, you know, what have you? So I will say, you know, Google GA4 gets a lot of shit for the attribution thing. I think they're trying. I really do think they're trying. The reality of it is, right, like you said, we're getting less data. Um, so, and G. And GA4's initial press release, um, it was said, you know, this is the analytics uh, or like it was like the the new generation of analytics. Right. And I, I think it's important that we kind of highlight that idea of the generation. Right. Um, because like like we were just talking about, you know, we had urchin analytics and that was just essentially our log files with with pretty graphs. Um, and then we had classic and that was G or like Google just acquiring urchin. And then we had universal analytics that rolled out with mobile tracking because mobile is the future, right? GA4, there's a couple things. GA4 had to happen because of privacy legislation, which again is a is a generational thing. 
It's cyclical. We let people have all of our data and then we take it away. And then we realize that helps us and then we take it away. And that, right. So it's, it's ever changing. Um, but with privacy legislation, UA was illegal. It collected IP addresses. It stored data in places it shouldn't be storing it. They allowed people to see things that they shouldn't see. The re- and that's why we can't move the data into GA4 because it was tainted. We can't use it. Point blank period. More and more countries are saying, no, we can't do this. So the new data structure was created so that we could use this. And in the future, hopefully, you know, as it was, it just came out that uh, the EU says, yes, GA4 can be, asterisks there, can be legal, right? Depending on how you set it up. Um, but the other side of that coin was the the increase of cookie-less browsing. Um, and, you know, we saw iOS 14.5 come out and rock people's world with attribution. Uh, more and more people using ad blockers. Google has rumored that they, they're going to be releasing cookie-less browsing at some point. So we're going to have to start relying on first-party data. And they know that. GA4 technically is first-party data. Um, but... Uh, they in that initial press release, they said, we are preparing for a future of cookie-less browsing, period. And what that looks like is it looks like using modeled data, not sample data. Universal analytics use sample data, which means they would say, hey, we've had 100 users, about 60% of them did this, so we're going to move forward with that. Modeled data says, we are missing 60 of our users. How can we use data science to fill in the blanks here. Uh, and that's the biggest difference with GA4. So I think, you know, like I said, the attribution, they get a they they get a lot of crap for it, but they know where we're going. They're they're not dumb. They know where we're going in this in this technological world. And they are preparing for it. They've been preparing for it since the release of the platform. And right now you can still um you know change it to your first First touch, last touch. Listen, every marketing platform wants as big of a piece of pie as they can because that's what gets them money. We can't fault them for that. We can't. Um, they did create, though, you know, this cross channel data driven attribution, which a lot of people are ticked off about. But were you building it for yourself? Did you have the money to hire the data scientists to collect your data and do that for you? If they want to build it for me, I'll take it. You know, that's, but again, this, this is my philosophy. I think that analytics should be accessible and they should empower people. And right now, this is the platform that's doing it for free. I'll take it. I, I mean, it, it resonates with me. And and I think like the key takeaways to your point is like, one, we've been privileged with so much data that we probably shouldn't have had. Um, and that's made marketing a very hard job of SEO marketing, a little bit easier, and it's about to get harder again. The second part is the cyclical nature of things, of new products and new versions that you're just always going to have to learn something new. So if there's one thing to learn from this whole GA4 rollout, it's that do it because you're going to have to do it again. And you know, it's that whole phrase of like, get comfortable with the uncomfortable because- Absolutely. It's the nature of the beast. You know, Bree, real quick, before we dive into rapid fire rankings, what are some of the things in your course that you think are the most important things that SEOs need to know um, just to just to have it on their radar? 
Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind, okay, I think there are three things. So one is the like the foundations. I played competitive sports for 14 years. My dad was my coach and he always made me do the same drills every single time. I'm like, dad, I know how to kick a soccer ball. He would always say the fundamentals are fundamentals. And if you do the fundamentals right, you're 80% of the way there. And that is so extremely true in GA4. There are so many things that you have to touch when you're setting up um, your properties in order for it to function the way that you need it to function. Um, And I have you know, that's like the first section is just like, how do you set this up? You know, what, what's the standard operating procedure here and how, what things do we need to go check all of our properties for? So that's first. The next thing is the, there's a video on there. It's like four and a half minutes on how to interact with the reports. Um, because it is a lot different than it was in, in universal analytics. You know, you have filters, you have comparisons, you have the search functionality, which only kind of works. You have the ability to edit reports and add metrics and get rid of metrics and splice and dice data in, in specific ways. And uh, like I said, I go over that in four and a half minutes. It shows you how to do all of those things. Um, so I think that. And then the last thing is going through the advertising section because so many SEOs avoid it like the plague because it's called advertising and like, no, we're organic. Uh, but it's actually should have been called attribution. I don't know why they call it advertising uh, because it has all the, the attribution data, right? So if you ever use multi-channel funnels, that's where that is. Um, uh, conversion flow, all those things live there. It tells you how long it takes people to get there, what the touch points are, how many touch points, uh, how long, all that kind of stuff. So those are kind of the, the big three. And then the, there's the obvious, like, Hey, this is how to get your search console data in here and, and where to find it, you know, that kind of stuff. That's dope. So definitely, definitely like check out the course. Uh, we'll have a link in the description notes of the podcast, but are you ready for some rapid fire rankings? Let's do it. Okay. All right. We're going to put some music on the clock. Hopefully like my camera will de-blur, but if not, we're going to have to do this, this shit blurry. Okay. Here we go. Rank your top three of something you love. Anything. Okay. So right now I am a new mom and I've been reading, I've been singing to my son and I tried to sing lullabies for a long time and I didn't know the words of lullabies, but what I do know the words to are pop punk songs. So I just am singing pop punk songs to him as lullabies. So the first one would be Wyatt's song by the wonder years. Listen to it his entire uh, the entire time my wife is pregnant, sing it to him all the time. Then Miserable at Best, May Day Parade. This is a classic. Everybody knows all the words. And then lastly, If It Means a Lot to You by A Day to Remember, because that song is beautiful. Oh, I love that. Okay, rank your best SEO or marketing win. So I've worked in all facets of marketing and I was handling Google ads at one point and I went into this client's like search terms report and Turns out their brand name was the same as like an action figure and a plumbing product. And they spent a lot of money on those keywords. And so, you know, excluding that, we saved ourselves like, I don't know, 15 grand and our cost per acquisition went way down. Imagine that. I'd say that's probably one of the biggest. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a really, that's huge. Rank your top three SEO tools. 
uh, Search Console. First and foremost, Search Console. It's free. Love it. Uh, Screaming Frog, extremely affordable, extremely efficient, and it can do so many cool things. I'm learning new things about it all the time. Uh, and then Moz, you know, I, I love the, the stuff that they put out. Um, and you get kind of tied to a really cool community when you use their product too. So that's awesome. It's weird that Moz feels like a throwback. I said it. Okay, rank yeah, your best I'm... SEO trick or tactic. Hey, I still think that people that actually lure, look at the SERPs for the things that they're trying to rank for are going to be the, the best bet. Um, that I, I think that is something, though, that like I do take the time to do for all of my clients, right? It's like, let's look at what, you know, you want to rank for this keyword, but like what are people actually, what does Google think people are actually trying to achieve here? And I think, you know, that's the important part is what does Google think that they're trying to do? Um, you know, they're the ones dealing with all the sessions, though, of, uh, you know, so they probably have a pretty good idea, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I would say still just looking at the actual SERPs. I love that, it's real. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's fun too, if, if you're geeks like us. Anyway, yes. rank what, speaking of, rank what you love most about SEO. Fact that it's always changing. I love to learn. I love to learn new things and apply things and test things. And so in a landscape where what works is always changing, I'm always busy. That's for sure. <laughs> I love that. And actually, nice segue. Speaking of learning, rank your best learning SEO resource. YouTube, by far YouTube, uh, because I'm a visual learner, though. So I love to watch people actually do things and kind of walk me through it. But aside from that, Twitter, I mean, because you're connected to so many people that are just giving their knowledge away for free, uh, which is amazing, you know assuming that it holds up over time we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah right i was gonna say who hopefully this is still here by the time we publish this no it won't be that long but um speaking of uh you know twitter and, and the amazing community there this is the most unfair question but rank the one to three top seos or marketers that you most look up to respect admire um i would say dr marie hayes first uh she is amazing she's so smart uh and she really took me under her wing literally the first time i went to mozcon and i she's just amazing she's been so great charles farina is a freaking genius so smart uh and i would like to be him when he grows up because he names everything after pizza i mean come on that's awesome and then Rand fishkin he is such an amazing guy he is so cool um and you know, I, I really respect the work that he does, why he does it and how he does it. So I would say That's those amazing. are the three. It's great. Great group of people. And finally, rank your number one cause or charity that you want to promote. Yeah. So um, I've been a huge fan of Trite Love on Our Arms since I was like 13 or 14. Um, basically, it is a, com uh, a nonprofit that helps people fund like um, mental health and um you know but yeah mostly like mental health um oh my gosh services they they really got their roots in like uh they used to be at warp tour every year they they really got their roots cool. in like the the music industry and so uh i think that the work that they do is really important um and yeah so i would definitely say to write love on her arms 
There you go, Bree Anderson. So much great information. You've got the course. Check it in the description. Sells merchandise, marketing merchandise, and SEO on her website and does consulting as well. Yo, if people want to get in touch with you, where's the best place? Twitter. Come on. Let's hang out on Twitter. I'm always there. I'm always sharing the things that I'm learning. So let's hang out. And beautiful pictures of her son and loving that mom life. Dude, thank you so much for being my guest. This has been awesome. Yes, so much fun. Thanks for having me. My name is Garrett Sussman of iPool Rank. This has been the Rankable Podcast. We will catch you next week. Peace out.